belly and the fish. Belly, belly and the fish. Welcome, friends, to Belly and the Fish. I'm your host, Corbin, a.k.a. The Fish. And, of course, we got big old Ben, Belly Smokes, Hunter. Great Monday, everyone. Mm-hmm. How's it going? Not too shabby. And also, we got John Charette joining us again. Welcome back. Three and six, and we're on the hunt. And it's in the hunt. No, we're on the hunt, because we're lions. No, no we're lions. We're no, we're in the hunt. No, we are uh, actively hunting. We are lions. All right. Touche. Charette is back for, what is this, your third episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this might be our first win you get to join us for, right? Yeah, I believe I started the, the one of the last episodes off by cracking a beer because uh, it was the Lions last week. So I cracked yep. a happy beer this week instead. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah. Well, not a whole lot of wins to go around, but we are on a two game win streak. The Lions are really starting to turn the season around. I said it last week, but we are currently the hottest team in the NFL. What do you think, Bill? How? Well, we're two and our last two games. Won two games, but the Eagles haven't lost a game yet. How are you the hottest team in the NFL? Well, have you row. seen Have you seen Jamal Williams gyrate those hips? We are pretty fucking hot, Ben. Uh, yeah, if I was chasing fives, <laughs> which you are, you're saying, you're saying whoa, 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 whoa! I'm locked up now. You can't be saying that. Swimming in a sea of fives. Well, let's get to the nitty gritties. But before we do, just wanted to mention the new segment we've got replacing Survivor. We have mail time coming up at the end. So stay tuned. Let's jump into the Lions Bears game in Chicago. Lions opened up three point dogs, closed with the same spread. And we win again, 31 to 30 in an absolute fourth quarter thriller. Lions first comeback since what, 20 years? Trailing by 14 points in the fourth quarter. You got the stat, Charette? It was the first one since October of 1993, so just after I was born. Ooh, and I was just a young, portly one-year-old using two binkies for my big old mouth. And I was a December of 93, baby, so I was yet to be born. So first in my lifetime. That's crazy. It was crazy indeed. And it was also Dan Campbell's first road win for the Lions. So give it up to MCDC. A lot of people forget we also tied the Steelers in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field last year. So not all losses away, but we did get the tie. So just want to throw that out there. I just want to say thank God for Cairo Santos. The Bears kicker woes continue to raise their ugly head. He missed a critical extra point that would have led to a tie game. I'm glad that we have Michael Money Badger Badgley and they get Cairo Santos missing those bad boys. The fucking Money Badger. Mm-hmm. I love that nickname. I'm glad you turned me on to it. Wait till he lets you down on a seven-leg parlay. Nah. He's looking <laughs> golden so far. He's the next Jason Hansen, Matt Prater. <laughs> Did we sign him that long? Is he on a one-year? Didn't we get him off the waiver? Yes. <laughs> I didn't even know his fucking name, all right? <laughs> you don't know the Money Badger? You must not gamble. Michael Badgley, baby. He's here to stay. And I also wanted to say, fuck Mark Sanchez. I was tweeting at him in the game. He is the most biased, shitty announcer that I've heard in so long. He's just sucking the Bears dick, sucking Justin Fields dick, and just pretty much rubbing it in the Lions' face whenever they did something bad. He clearly was pulling for one side, and it was Chicago. I was live tweeting him. 
He didn't respond. He didn't block me. He didn't do anything. So I hope I never have to hear him call a game again. I didn't even know he called games up until this weekend. I don't Has know he how all he's year? qualified. I think so for a while. I think he did college for a little bit too, like game day or something. <laughs> did you, you say you don't know how he's qualified? He's not. He's a te- <laughs> he was a terrible quarterback. You know how many announcers never played football? I think he's got a little bit of knowledge. Mm, no, not the way he was calling it. He doesn't know shit. He's biased. That's the number one rule. He has no journalistic integrity. They need to bring back a keep to leave. That was the best. That was the highlight. Yes, of I agree. A keep to leave was awesome. I thought he was sick. We need to bring Marshawn Lynch on, but unfortunately, he's not great for sponsors because he cannot stop swearing. I would love to watch that game. They should just give him his own cast, like the Peyton and Eli yeah, like cast. the Manning cast? The yeah, Marshawn exactly. cast? That'd be sick. Exactly. I would definitely tune into that. I just kind of entertained the Peyton and Eli cast once, but I'd rather just listen to the the tried and true Chris Collinsworth, Al Michaels, Joe Now Buck. here's a guy. Yeah. But let's jump into the game. Fuck Mark Sanchez. We'll kick it off with the Lions offense. Jared Goff, a bright spot on this offensive unit. He looked really good on third down. I thought he was pretty efficient with his passes. He was pretty good in the pocket as well. Very composed. He didn't get rattled. He escaped a lot of pressure, and you saw him scramble a couple of times on a few for a first down, including that one where Jaquan Brisker had that hit on the sideline. Got us a little couple extra yards there. So I think it was a great game even though we really had no weapons to work with. Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Swift were there. Amon Ra feasted, but his next best options were Khalif Raymond and Tom Kennedy. So I thought his game was solid, and, you know, he did what he had to do. He's not ever going to put the team on his back, and we're never going to win a game just because of Jared Goff, but we can certainly win games with Jared Goff, and that's the kind of performance we need. Jared Goff did have a pretty efficient game, 19 for 26, 236 yards and a touchdown. Um, he did have one interception that was called back, thankfully. So pretty efficient go of it all around. Not some all-star numbers, but as Corbin said, he can win you a game every now and again. Wow, you didn't say anything ne- negative about Jared Goff. I can't believe it. You're coming around. Uh, no, I just said he was a decent game manager pretty much, which uh, if you're going paid that much, I would hope you can do that. Well, don't you count quarterback wins as a stat? Uh, yes, yes, I do, Corbin. Quit rubbing it in. You know, I... <laughs> I don't know. He kind of just reminds me of Alex Smith, you know. He, uh, one of the most uh, winning quarterbacks of all time. Don't compare him to Alex. Did Alex Smith ever win a Super Bowl? Did Jared Goff? No, but Nick Foles did. Dude, don't get me started on Big Dick Nick. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he's good for now. I think uh, I'm just thinking next season we hopefully grab somebody in the draft, whether they play next year or sit next year. And then, I I don't know, he's not our guy that we're going to try to be a competitive winning team with. Agreed. He's good for now. It's just a week-to-week thing with him. We just take it with a grain of salt. He can win you some games. He can lose you some games. But, you know, he has to be have a game like how he did against the Bears this week in order for us to pull out a win. So I'm glad he did because it was great. We're on a two-game win streak, and we're moving on to the Giants. We'll talk running backs with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Jamal took the lead back role again. He had 16 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown. That was 3.7 yards per attempt. And DeAndre Swift was only on the field for 19 snaps. Pretty ineffective as a runner and a receiver. He had six carries for six yards and a touchdown. And then he also had a catch for six yards. But he hasn't really been the electric running back that we had seen in the first few games. 
we still haven't been able to get him going and it makes you think that he is still kind of hampered by those injuries yeah it just makes me worry that this is possibly going to be another case of a, a Lions running back a la Javid Best a la Kevin Smith that very talented but just hampered by injuries and uh carry on. lives up to what we hope yeah carry on yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if he's not 100% and ready to go, get him ready because we can get by with the likes of Jamal Williams and Justin Jackson and Jamar Jefferson. Swift can single-handedly win us games. He is a playmaker, mm-hmm. and he can put the team on his back. And if we don't have him at 100%, I don't really want to see him because, yeah, I guess he is kind of a decoy out there. 19 snaps is not going to cut it for me. I want to see him get 15 carries and five catches. You know, and if he, if they still use him a decoy, he should be out there 25, 30 times a game, even if he's not getting the ball every single time he's on the field. But, I mean, it's just sad to see he hasn't really been productive in his three, four games back since returning from injury. And so you got to wonder if there's something else going on. He kind of came out last week and said that he's pissed off about not being utilized on the offense. Well, I mean, you got to prove something in the game. And, yeah, he had the touchdown, but at the same time, you know, the offensive line has a lot to do with that, too, and we'll get into them a little bit later, but we'll move on to the receiving court. Not a whole lot to talk about. Tom Kennedy had that one really nice catch in the fourth quarter that put us into striking distance for that last score of the game. He also had another sick grab that got called back and touched the ground. He kind of secured it that way, but it was a sick catch on third down, unfortunately called back. The real star of the show, Amon Ross St. Brown, again, 10 catches for 119 yards. We don't need TJ Hawkinson. Like I said, he's redundant, and we've got Amon Ross St. Brown to be that safety blanket. But speaking of TJ Hawkinson, our tight ends continue to feast because we had to combine two catches for six yards and a touchdown. So the Lions offense, efficient and humming. You know me, I love some efficiency. Mm -hmm. Not that one, one and one that we got last week out of Shane Zilstra, but it's still very efficient. We got something way better for you. We're going to wait for the uh, game ball to talk about that. (laughs) All right, let's talk real quick about defense then. Our defense did... uh, an okay job, I would say, overall defending the Bears offense as a whole. I mean, Justin Fields obviously torched us on the ground, but we really stepped up in the fourth quarter. Other than that, Justin Fields, 67-yard touchdown. I think we had a three and out, a turnover on downs, the interception return for the touchdown. So in the fourth quarter, our defense really stepped up and put our nuts on the line when we really had to. So that's two <laughs> game. That's two games in a row that our defense has closed out a game. And against an NFC North rival, that's when we need them to show up and actually do something. You know, they got a little torched by fields in the run game throughout the game, but when the game was on the line, they went out there and executed. That's all you with can ask for. With their balls. Yes, with their balls. T-bagged. Yeah, you know, Fields is, uh, he can do things that cannot be taught, but he still makes mistakes that he probably needs to learn not to do, like throwing that really bad interception to Okuda that kind of turned the tide of the game. Um, mm-hmm. He really did not need to throw that ball. So defense stepped up in some instances, and uh, secondary is still an issue. <laughs> yeah, that was my first time really watching Justin Fields for an entire game. Like I'd seen him on red zone and here and there, but – I mean, he's more fast than I ever expected. And the other thing is, too, he's so strong, too, in the pocket. I mean, you get a hand on him, you can't take him down. And that showed on the last play when we got that sack. It took three guys, Anzalone and Julian Aquara, twice to finally Mm -hmm. get him down. 
And even Julian Acquire was struggling to pull him down by himself. We had to gang tackle him to get him down. So, I mean, the dude is a beast. There, I have no issues with him running the ball. He's fantastic. He's electric. I mean, he's doing things that nobody else has done in the NFL. But my question has always been him passing the ball. And he made stupid mistakes. I mean, you look at the interception that he threw to Jeff Okuda, but there was another play where he was trying to get it out to Cole Komet. And he could have had that one picked off too. It's just bad mechanics, just kind of lobbing it up there like he's kind of shooting a basketball. I mean, I said it in like the first quarter when he threw one of those passes. If he keeps making throws like that, one of them is going to get picked off. And sure enough, Jeff Okuda came away with one at the most opportune time that we could have imagined. So Mm -hmm. Justin Fields is great. He's got a lot of work to do as a passer, that's for sure. But he definitely gave this Lions defense some fits. We'll start talking a little bit about the position groups. And I wanted to talk about the D-line a little bit because they haven't really had a solid game where I can point to it and say, yep, they stepped up. They shut this team down, defending the run, pressuring the passer. And this was one of the worst displays that I've seen so far. I think that Hutchinson had a really great game. He was kind of the outlier. He did a great job containing Justin Fields. He kind of had a hand forcing that interception when he sniffed out the screen and uh, which ultimately left to Justin Fields trying to throw it over him which went right into Jeff Okuda's hand. So I kind of give him an assist on that interception. He had the sack in a critical moment, a tackle for loss and a career high of tackles with eight. So he stepped up in the run game. I thought that he was the bright spot. Julian Aquara finished with two sacks too. We kind of put him out because we needed some speed on the outside to contain Justin Fields. And he got more reps than Josh Pascal and John Kaminsky did. And it really showed. I mean, he did a great job. I thought other than that one play at the, I think it was the very first play of the game where Fields burnt him around the left side for a 20, 30 yard gain. In the interior, I thought that we were gashed up the middle, whether it was Fields, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, we just couldn't get the running backs down. I mean, you see us make contact with these guys about three yards past the line of scrimmage and they keep plowing forward for another five, six, seven yards. And next thing you know, it's second and one. I mean, we got to be able to get these guys down, and our interior just got stuffed, shut down. It was not a pretty performance from them. The Bears combined for 258 yards rushing between their running backs and Justin Fields. I mean, it's just disgusting. We got to be able to do something to stop them. When you got big guys like Isaiah Bugs and Aleem McNeil in the middle, you expect us to be able to stuff that and have our linebackers come fly through and fill those gaps. We weren't able to execute. I think you kind of noticed the absence of Malcolm Rodriguez in this game. Uh, he's really a, been a gap filler in those those central runs, and I think uh, we were really missing him on the second level there on Sunday. Yeah, you didn't really see Derek Barnes show up too much. Anzalone was kind of all over the place making tackles. You know, he was there to support, but it's not like he was just filling those gaps and taking guys down on his own. The other thing with Anzalone, too, is we really got away with and it should have been called pass interference in the fourth quarter. It wasn't called. He broke up the pass, but, I mean, he was kind of draped over the guy right before the ball touched the receiver's hand. So it was kind of a bang-bang play, but at the same time, I kind of thought that that should have been a passer interference if I'm if are I'm being saying, unbiased here. Are you saying the Lions might have got a little help from the refs this game? I think that we did a couple of times. I mean, even on that Jared Goff run on the outside where he scrambled for the first down and Jaquan Brisker pushed him out, it was a little bit of a soft call. I mean, it looked like he tried to punch it out and Goff kind of slipped. And then Goff was John. It was kind of like the line kind of got up in the face in some of the defense too. So, 
Yeah. I mean, we're not always the ones who are kind of getting screwed by calls. I thought it was kind of, it wasn't like egregious pass interference or anything like that, but I think that it definitely could have been called. I think we got away with one a little bit right there. So that's all. Two other guys I wanted to talk about on defense, Jeff Okuda and Kirby Joseph. Jeff Okuda proved to be the big one. I didn't know that they had these nicknames for each other, but Jeff Okuda emerged victorious. He had that pick six. He had two pass breakups. And for the most part, the Bears wide receivers were shut down. You don't see him show up in the stat sheet a lot. Sometimes you see him with those big tackle numbers, but he's shutting guys down and quarterbacks don't really want to test him because there's other avenues they can explore, like an A.J. Parker or a Will Harris or, or an Amani Awarie. But Jeff Okuda finally got his interception the first on the season. I think that's his second in his career, and he brought it back to the house. So props to Hefe. He did a great job. We'll move on to Kirby Joseph here. He came back down to earth a little bit here. He had a bad holding call at a key moment in the fourth quarter, and he also blew the coverage on both of those Cole Komet touchdowns. Like I said, he's still a raw guy. He had a good three-game run, forcing turnovers. He wasn't able to come up with one. He was still pretty solid in run support, but he got beat on some of those, a little bit of a boneheaded rookie mistake. He's got to clean that up. He knew this wasn't going to last forever, and it's unfortunate that it came against the Bears, but, hey, we won the game, so, I mean, I'm not going to scold him too bad for it. You know, he's a young player, and I don't think he's someone that we really could have expected to be relying on consistently at this point in his career we'll talk briefly about the the coaching I thought on fourth down we made I thought we made some good decisions on fourth down we were in Chicago's territory maybe like a fourth and four fourth and five and we ended up punting it away and maybe you know the first game or two of the season Dan Campbell would have elected to go for that but I think it was the right call and then when it was fourth and one on the goal line we elected to go for it and punch it in you know, we we picked when we wanted to be aggressive pretty well in this game, and I think that's what we need to do going forward. We can't always go for it on fourth and short, no matter how bad you want it. So I was pretty happy when we decided to go for it. I think we were just one for one on fourth down, and that was a, a key pivotal moment in the game. So that one thing that I did kind of disagree with was our decision to stick with the run when the passing game was working so well. And that was the perfect example of that was our first drive in the second half. We had three run plays in a row and we just went three and out. And another time was when Amon Ross St. Brown went out for that play with an ankle injury. We just ran a quick draw. Like everybody knows a run is probably coming when we've got Stanley Barry Hill and Trinity Benson and Khalif Raymond out there. We have no receivers. So of course we're going to run it. At least just do like a quick little, you know, a quick slant or a quick tight end out or something like that. Throw one of that in there because the defense saw it a mile away and stopped us on third down. I, I mean, I get it that we want to enforce the run game, but clearly we weren't able to run effectively and passing game was really all that was working for us. So I just wish we would have stuck with it a little bit more. You know, sometimes the run game is going to be there in this game. It certainly was not. So, I mean, you can't really just cram it down their throat if it's not working for you. You got to change some things up. Yeah, I was I was hoping they were going to be getting the ball to Amon Ra more in the second half. I think he had like seven, eight targets in the first half and then only two or three in the second half. You know, some of that is probably just how the game went, but I think maybe trying to scheme him some targets later in the game is important. I don't know if him injuring his ankle or re, I guess re-injuring his ankle had anything to do with 
the lack of targets, but I was kind of noticing it before that. I was like, man, they really had him involved in the first half, but haven't really noticed him much in this third quarter. So um, I think schema, especially without Hawk, you know, he's pretty much one of our only reliable targets. We need to get him at least 10 targets a game. I agree. And I mean, it showed. I mean, if you just look at the box score, I mean, we had Khalif Raymond with three catches and then Amon Ra. So Khalif was second on the team in terms of receptions next to Amon Ra, 10 to three. So it just shows how much we rely on him. And that's why we need to get Swift healthy because he is such a threat out of the backfield. Just, I mean, we can't get by with that. And there were a couple of screen plays that I thought were very open, but it just kind of got it batted down at the line of scrimmage on two different occasions. So, I mean, those could have been some big plays for us. You just want to see some design passes to Swift, some design screens, or at least where he's kind of your first read going forward. I mean, let's be honest, though. We're not – it's Khalif Raymond. He's been in the league for a long time. We can't expect him to do much, but still, I do agree. you got to have more than just one playmaker out there. Swift coming back would be cool, but who knows what's going on with him being hampered. And uh, just keep, uh, keep an eye on Jamison Williams. I wonder if we're going to see him for a couple plays this year or not. I don't know. I don't know about that. Maybe in December, I hear. I can I see watching, like two I heard it was maybe in October, then maybe in November. Well, I was watching his uh, Instagram live after the game, and uh, somebody next to him was like, hey, J-Mo, when are you going to come play? He's like, uh, 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 this guy here is so funny, and just quick sidestep the question. I was like, fuck. I'm ta- dude, I, I have good. a strong feeling his ass is not playing this season. Did he hit? Did you say he hit him with the Kawhi Leonard laugh? <laughs> it was just kind of an awkward sidestepping laugh, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe we get him in for a couple of games, but I'm not really counting on it. And I'd rather have him healthy for next year, too. I just hope that he at least gets on the practice field so he can at least stay in football shape. If he could at least work on some timing with his quarterback, that might be nice. But who knows? Might be another quarterback in there next year if Benley gets his way. Well, I just looked at the mock draft with our newly updated draft picks, and guess what position it's got us taken? Tight end Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> that's stupid as fuck. Don't it worry. Is that's mock just, draft season. It's just one mock. It doesn't make sense, but still, it's just so poetic to see a tight end on the big board at number 11. I swear to God. We would do it, too, though. I know we would because we just lost the tight end. I don't think we, we need will. need to replace him. I don't think so because – I think Dan Campbell, even though he was a tight end, he doesn't agree with using them as receivers as much. He thinks that they're more of like that hybrid role, like a safety blanket, a good blocker, somebody who's kind of an in-betweener, but not somebody that you focus your offense on. That's for the running backs and the wide receivers, the true skill positions. So I can't see us really taking, you know, a first a tight end in the first round that's for sure so i mean i've seen that too but i'm just not buying it when we need so much help on the on the defensive side of the ball and you know we're gonna need a running back eventually we gotta make sure our offensive line's intact we've got a lot of other needs let's package a few picks if we well hold on First yeah, of you all, better hold we on. Might end up, we might end up with three wins total this season. So, you know, we might end, we might still be top five. We might end but up with 11. If not, if not, we can still package some picks, move up, get our quarterback of the future. Maybe his name's Bryce Young, and then we'll be good to go. Or maybe I'll be wrong and they'll just punt and just, oh, what if they grabbed like a kicker? <laughs> a real Janikowski. Obviously joking. <laughs> Clearly, yes. Well, I don't. I think that the Bryce Young ship has sailed, 
because if you're the Texans or if you're the Colts, maybe even the Raiders or there's another, oh, the Panthers too. If you're one of those teams, you're looking at them too. And it's kind of the same thing when people wanted to trade up with the Bengals to go get Joe Burrow. It's just going to be too big of a price to pay for us. So I could see us, you know, hanging out at like a, you know, realistically, I think we'll pick between like five and 10. And then the Rams is going to be like a top 15 pick too. I think that's kind of like Will Levis territory, maybe CJ Stroud. But again, I think there's so many other needs and we can win games with Jared Goff. I don't think we're going to reach and really sell out unless we're completely sold on a guy. So We'll see how it goes. We don't need to talk about the draft right now. Mock draft season is it's around the corner for some teams, but hey, the Lions are in the hunt, so we don't have to worry about that right now. We're focused on 2022, baby. On the hunt. Yes, on the hunt, in the hunt, whatever. <laughs> Let's move on to the game ball and the burning bag of dog shit. Shrek, kick us off. Who's getting your game ball? So I'm on Ross St. Brown's getting my game ball. He's always making the right play when Goff needs him. Uh, he had some huge plays in that uh, first half. I mean, there was a drive when I think he had three straight catches, got so tired he had to call himself out of the game. Uh, he's really just the guy our offense is running through right now. And Belly, do I even want to ask who's getting your game ball? You should already know it's the boy named B.W. Brock Wright, the captain of efficiency. Uh, my man got one target, one reception, two yards, and one touchdown. And if that ain't a good stat line for a guy who doesn't get many snaps, then I don't want to know what is. Uh, you just wish it was one less yard. That one, one, and one. So close. Oh, the one, one, and one is sweet. But you know what? If we get close, it's still a little tickler. Well, for me, my game ball is going to Aiden Hutchinson, the number two overall pick in this year's draft. He had a career game defending the run, pressuring the quarterback. He had a real clutch sack on the final drive, and he's really starting to show that he is becoming a leader of the defense. He had the awareness after the sack. He started to celebrate, and he waved back to the rest of his teammates to get back on the line because he knew the Bears would go in a hurry-up offense. Uh, Like I said, career high, eight tackles. It's good to see him finally making an impact on the run game. If you didn't see it live, go and check out that goal line stop on David Montgomery. We RKO'd his ass. It was fucking awesome. Just flies across the line, started (laughs) on the left, went all the way across and tossed him down. Here comes Randy Orton with another RKO. Yeah, it's too bad. Justin Fields just plowed through Deshaun Elliott on the very next play, but whatever. And also one more thing. I got a stat for you guys. Aiden Hutchinson has more sacks than Aaron Donald and TJ Watt. Oh yeah. Ever guess that? Oh yeah. He's got five and a half. Aaron Donald has five and TJ Watt one. Well, hasn't TJ Watt been out since like week two? Shut up, Ben. <laughs> Didn't he tear his peck? Yeah, he did. Whatever. Go ahead of him. <laughs> He's also That's ahead of Jamison Williams. All don't lie. <laughs> All right, let's do the burning bags of dog shit. Charette, <laughs> who you got? So my burning bag, unfortunately, you know, he was great the last few weeks, but Kirby Joseph. And really our our whole second, I won't say our whole secondary, but our our safety coverage as well. We are just giving up a blown coverage touchdown like at least once a week. It has just been really, really horrible to see. So, um, you know, I know they're trying to get it cleaned up, but outside of Okuda, they really do not have anyone I trust on that secondary. 
Well, I mean, the Bears only had 167 yards passing, and Cole Komet had 74 of those. That one touchdown was 50-something yards. So Yeah, I mean, exactly. You take that he away. a fucking 50-yard touchdown on blown coverage. That was on Kirby Joseph. So I wouldn't say that our our secondary as a whole really had a did that bad because, you know, if you take that one play away, which was on Kirby Joseph, you pretty much held them to 100 yards receiving. They only threw the so. ball 20 times. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they still did a pretty good job. If you only have 100 yards on 20 passes, that's okay. I agree with you. Kirby Joseph definitely had a down game, but I thought that all things considered, the secondary as a whole did all right outside of him. He's still a rookie. He's raw. He's going to have make those mistakes, but we'll see if he bounces back. I think he can do it. Belly, who's getting your burning bag? Uh, it's got to be Cairo Santos with the missed extra point at the end of the game. I mean, you, the game's on the line. You need to go up seven, and you just give them an easy out instead of having to battle it in overtime. Cairo Santos letting the kicker world down. I should have gave him my uh, game ball, actually, because he kind of won the game for us. And he kicked a, he uh, blasted a kickoff out of bounds, too. That put us at the 40-yard line. So, love you, Cairo. Keep doing your thing. <laughs> We once asked my buddy if he could beat any NFL player in a fight. He landed on Cairo Santos. <laughs> I don't, That's I think Cairo would win, but I just thought it was funny that he uh, picked him. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think so. My burning bag of dog shit is going to the Lions offensive line. I mentioned him the past couple of weeks getting tacked down with some bad penalties, and I thought we limited it pretty well this game, but. I mean, the Bears haven't been able to defend the run all year, and they shut us down. We averaged 3.1 yards a carry. There were just so many plays that got blown up in the backfield that Swift and Williams couldn't even do anything. I mean, if you're getting hit behind the line for a three, five-yard loss, I mean, that's on the offensive line. Nothing the running back can do on that. And there was one play where I saw Ragnow, Evan Brown, and Taylor Decker all just get blown by. And, I mean, you don't really see that coming from those guys. I mean, Evan Brown, sure, a little bit. Frank Ragnow, he was seen with a walking boot after the game, so maybe his toe injury is affecting his play a little bit. But I didn't think we did a good job protecting Goff either. You saw him running around a bit, and Goff did a pretty good job escaping that pressure. But when the pressure's coming, it's on the offensive line. And I think that the tight ends had a little bit to do with that as well. But not our best showing when we have a top 10, top five, arguably offensive line in the entire NFL. You want to have a clean game and you got to be able to establish the run. We really weren't able to do that this game. Moving on to next week, we're talking Lions Giants. We are going to New Jersey Sunday, November 20th at 1 p.m. The Giants currently have a seven and two record, soon to be seven and three. Of course, we're going in as underdogs, my favorite place to be. Lions are plus three and a half point dogs. Over under is set at 46 and a half points. And the Giants just throttled the Texans 24 to 16. So coming off a win, but guess what? We're coming off two wins. Last time the Lions played the Giants was 2019 and we beat them 31 to 26. Will history repeat itself? We'll find out next Sunday. I think that this matchup is going to be pretty similar to the uh, the Bears game. I think that the Giants have a little bit worse of an offense because they don't have Justin Fields, but I think they're better defensively. Uh, the Giants haven't played a whole lot of good teams. They they did beat the Ravens 24-20, to which is a pretty impressive win. But all of their games have been decided by just one score. So, I don't know. The Giants have a great record. They're currently in the playoff picture, but... 
seven and two. I think they're outperforming a little bit. Now they have had a great season. Brian Dable has those guys ready to play. I don't want to discount what they've done. A win is a win, but I don't think that this is a game that we're certainly going to lose. I think it is winnable. Um, just kind of looking at their offense. Of course we got belly's boy, Danny dimes Jones. He's having a career year. Uh, he's a little bit better of a passer than Justin Fields, in my opinion, but I don't think that he's as good running the ball, but he is definitely still a threat with the ball in his hands. So we got to look to contain him while respecting the pass a little bit more this game. The biggest problem that we're going to go up against is Saquon Barkley. No doubt about it. He's a candidate for comeback player of the year, missing the past two, three seasons with injury, but he's going to be a problem. And if he keeps up this pace, he's going to finish as a top three running back. Uh, on the season. So it's going to be one of our biggest tests of the year, defending the run. I think that he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. I mean, even when he was drafted right off the bat, he hit the ground running and we haven't faced a running back like him. I mean, we've had Dalvin cook. I guess he's the only guy that you can really compare defensively. I think we'll be tested a little bit more than the bears. I mean, they shipped off Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn at the trade deadline. So lions were blessed not to have to go against them, but we're not going to get off the hook so easy with the giants. Cause they're all in this year. And I think they've, they've really stepped it up. I mean, they're the number eight team in the NFL in terms of points allowed. They have been giving up quite a bit of yards, but they're just kind of that bend don't break defense. So we're really going to have to be smart with the ball and be able to convert when we have a chance to put points on the board. So my keys to victory this week, I think we got to sell out to stop the run and make Saquon the absolute focal point. I don't think that we did the best job against the Bears with that. I mean, you got to respect the pass a little bit, but I said last week we need to stop the run, whether it's Justin Fields or the running back, and we did not do that at all. I want to see Danny Dimes beat us through the air because I don't think that he can do it. He's had a couple of games over 200 this year, but for the most part, he's just a game manager. And, you know, he's going to convert a third down here and there. He's going to try and get it done with his legs, and they're going to try and do it on the back of Saquon Barkley. Saquon's also coming off a 35-carry game, so hopefully he is starting to get a little tread on his tires from carrying the workload of that offense. Again, containing Danny Dimes is going to be a crucial point in order to stopping this Giants offense. You know, they're not going to put up 30, 40 points on us. But if they can put up 20, 25, 28 points, we got to be able to keep up with them. And their defense is no joke. They're pretty good. So I think that we got to put some points on the board as often as we can. We've got to be smart with our fourth down attempts and a little bit more conservative than we have in the past. And if we play it kind of how we did with the Bears, I think we'll be in good shape. The Giants just don't turn the ball over, man. Uh, Danny Dimes, eight touchdowns, two interceptions on the year. Uh, he has kind of stepped into the game manager role in the Brian Dabble offense, but I was watching yesterday and they basically just keep telling him just do not turn the ball over. And it leads to these wins. Um, they're only where they got two losses. And I guess yep. those two games are the only, and they do tend to beat teams by one score. Um, but I mean, they just keep games close and they keep themselves in it. So it's going to be an interesting one for sure. Yeah. I mean that, that defense you were talking about Corbin, must be pretty good because they have not put over 30 points up in a single game this season and they are seven and two so that's pretty stout yeah but the seahawks still beat them 27 to 13 so i mean they can be beat i don't want to say they're frauds i mean they're probably going to make the playoffs 
but this is, you know, they're a wild card team. That's what it comes down to. I think that the Cowboys will probably take, or sorry, the Eagles are definitely going to take that division, even if they do sneak into the wild card. I mean, they've got a little bit of a tougher schedule coming up, starting with the Red Hot Lions. They got the Cowboys, <laughs> Eagles twice, Vikings coming up. Uh, I mean, they've got the Commanders and and twice as well, and then the Colts too. So those might be some wins, but I think that this is a team that can be had. I don't think that, you know, it's I'm not as scared of going against the Giants as I am a team like the Bills, even though the Giants have a better record than them. Yeah, yeah I would. Yep, yeah, you know, Corbin, I'm agree <laughs> with you on that one. Yeah, but some people just think that records are everything, you know, and you like your meat raw as well. Yeah, but if somebody told me that the Giants were like four and five, I wouldn't second guess it. You know, I mean, if you 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 are surprised to see them at seven and two is what I'm saying. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, but they got a new coach and they got overhauled. They shipped off all their old guys minus Danny Dimes. Uh, Kadarius Tony wasn't working out there. They shipped him along when he clearly wasn't injured. They were winning without him anyway and got some capital back for the team that Brian Dabble wants. I mean, they're they're doing what they're supposed to, but, I mean, Saquon Barkley has been injured the past two years, and he's finally resurging. He's like the number three running back right now. I'm just saying don't write him off. No, I'm not writing him off at all. And I, I think that if we play like we did against the Bears, I don't think we're going to sneak out with a win because in a lot of ways – you know, a lot of things had to fall our way for us to pull out that win in Chicago. And it's a it's an away game. Obviously, Dan Campbell hasn't had the best record on the road so far. So, I mean, it's going to be a tough matchup. There's no denying that. I'm just saying I don't think it's impossible to win that game. And that's a good segue into our predictions. I'll start it off. I have the Lions winning 24 to 20 against the New York football giants. What do you got to say, Bell? I disagree with that. I think that... uh they just won their first away game. They're not going to do two in a row. Um, the Giants are going to take it in their barn. Saquon's going to rush for over 150 yards. Book it. You might not be wrong about the Saquon over 150, but you are wrong about the Lions losing because it's going to be a three-game win streak. Hottest team in the NFL. Book that. Gee, the hottest team is not the Lions. The Eagles haven't lost a game. Okay. They're undefeated in their last two games, too. So are we. Whatever. <laughs> I think they're beating their opponents a little more handedly than the Lions are. Thank but you. They're emotional wins. wins. They're emotional wins. Mm-hmm. Emotional for me. Eagles are up 14-7 right now on the commies. I'm not surprised by that. Are you? No. We'll peek behind the curtain for you people into when we record this episode. Can't wait for you to find out the results. <laughs> Charette, what's your prediction for this score? Well, Corbin, uh, the spread is Giants giving three and a half. You have the Lions going four points against that spread. I have that pretty much right on the spread. I think the Giants are going to go for 21, and the Lions, unfortunately, will only end up with 17 points. Uh, Giants have not scored more than 30 points this, this season, like I said earlier, Um but they are just eking out those wins. Their defense is stout. Lions are struggling. Well, not even a belly bundle. What a pity. Couldn't do it this I, time. Now, my love for Danny Dimes trumped it. Yeah, I can understand that. Charette, you disappoint me. I thought you would have my side on this. But it's all right. It's me against the world. We'll <laughs> prevail. And all the listeners. 90% of the listeners. Well, if it has, if it's anything like my betting record these past four or five weeks then we're going to be in good shape. 
Which and with trans- that, let's roll right into betting with the b- 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 belly. Betting with the oh, belly. Man. As you've uh, listened in the past, we do a little segment where we do some bets. You do a favorite, an underdog, an over, and an under. Um, and we always try to only pick Sunday games, but someone seems to always forget. So let's roll right into it by going over last week's results. Corbin, uh, in another non-stunning fashion, the kid is red hot 4-0. He had the Chiefs over the Jags, 9.5. Lions over the Bears plus three, Browns, Dolphins over 48, and Jags Chiefs under 50, and he took them all down. I myself did not do as good, but still in the money at three and one. I uh, had the Bucks over the Seahawks, cards over the Rams, uh, Jags Chiefs over, which was the only one that I got wrong. Corb outsmarted me there. Very good, Concave Corb. And uh, under on the Titans Broncos, uh, I got correct. And then our good buddy Tyler uh, in the doghouse, I don't feel like our guests have ever done that well, Corbin. No. Am I wrong? Terrible. <laughs> um, so Tyler went with the uh, 49ers versus the Chargers minus seven. Did not get that by a by one point. Seahawks over the Bucks plus two and a half. Chiefs Jags over 49 and a half. And Saints Steelers under one and three. Not very good. We're going to roll right into this week's picks. Corbin, what do you got for us? I'm taking the New Orleans Saints minus three at home going against the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford's in concussion protocol. Haven't really looked to see if he's going to play, but it looks like Cooper Cup went down with an ankle injury. I think it's a high ankle sprain, so he is likely to miss the game. Rams offense has not been able to do anything. And without Cup, I don't like their chances at all. Maybe I that under as well. I don't care if it's Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, or Jameis Winston slinging it out there. I like the Saints at home. It was just uh, tough to watch that Cardinals-Rams game. I'll tell you what, with those two backup quarterbacks and betting on the Rams after a performance like that with not knowing what's coming up, don't mind that pick. John, you got a little divisional uh, action for us? Yeah, you know, I'm sticking with pretty much my favorite this season. Um, The Chiefs, I like them against the spread usually. Uh, I'm not so sure about how Justin Herbert's feeling with those ribs. They're given five and a half points versus the Chargers, so I'm going to keep on smashing the Chiefs. Those Chiefs-Chargers games are always fun. Um, The Chargers seem a little out of whack, so I don't know what's going on there, but it's always fun to bet the Chiefs' high-scoring offense. I, myself, too, picked another high-scoring offense. I got the Bills minus nine and a half over the Browns. I think the Bills are going to be a little rattled from losing that game against the Vikings, which was an insane game if you missed it, Um, but – I'm going to go ahead and take the Bills over the Browns next week. Corb, who's got you barking like a dog? Well, the Vikings are coming off a stunning win in Buffalo. And somehow, someway, they are one and a half point dogs at home going against the Cowboys who are coming off a loss against Green Bay. I'm taking the Vikings at home. I think that this is a little bit of a fishy line, so it makes me a little bit scared. And, you know, the Vikings, eight and one, you know, second place in the NFC. It, it's tough for me to pick against them as an underdog. So I'm going to take it and see what happens. You know what? That line does look fishy. And normally when it looks fishy, I say it's a trap, but it's hard not to take that. What about you, John? Who's your golden retriever? This week, I'm going to take the Bears plus three against the Falcons. Falcons are just kind of in disarray. I don't know what's going on with their backfield. They can't seem to decide who to give the ball to. Mariota's flinging the ball where the hell ever. Uh, Fields is coming on, and I think, you know, Bears plus three, sure. 
And for my underdog, I got the Raiders over the Broncos plus two and a half. I just, I can't stand to watch Broncos football. Um, they played the Titans this week. And I mean, Titans football is not the most exciting. They're just pounding the rock. And when you got an opponent like that, it just doesn't make it any easier. Um, but my Titans pulled out the win. So we're going to say that the Raiders are going to find their way out of the bottom of the barrel and take down the Broncos. Corbin, what are you thinking for your over? My over this week is going to be the Bengals Steelers over 41 and a half. Bengals are coming off of a bye. Jamar Chase, we'll see if he comes back. But I mean, the Bengals have been putting up points pretty consistently in the second half of the season so far. Steelers are looking not so bad and they are home. Kenny Pickett is looking better and better every week. And he's got some good weapons on the outside. I saw Najee Harris go down. I'm not sure what his status is. That might affect the over a little bit, but 41 and a half, low number. I think we go over. Yeah, not a bad pick. It just seems like the Bengals were out of whack when they uh, didn't have Jamar Chase. So hopefully he comes back because that offense is way more exciting with him and for your bet. But what do I know? You're the one with the hot hand. And John, what hurdle are you going to leap over? I am going to leap over the hurdle you hate most the Jalen hurdle Eagles Colts over 44 and a half. Uh, I'm feeling the over because Eagles are scoring a lot of points. I think uh, Colts, if they get Matt Ryan back there, they can put up, I don't know, 15 to 20 points. Eagles are putting up about 30 points a game. Bada boom, bada bing, 45 points. Great reasoning, my friend Uh, for myself. I'm going with Danny dimes versus the Detroit lions. Um, I think Saquon's going to have an absolute day. Hopefully Danny Dimes can sneak a rushing tutty in there himself. Uh, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game either way because that seems to be the only kind of games the Lions play. Um, Giants not so much, but, hey, could be a firefight. Corbin, get low for me. Mm, I'm going to get under that bar here because we're going Chiefs Chargers under 50 points. I picked the Chiefs in my last under 50 points against the The Jaguars. I think that the Chargers defense is a little bit better than the Jags. So I think the Chiefs will duke this one out. Um, like Ben said earlier, the Chiefs and Chargers games are always pretty exciting, but Herbert doesn't really have his normal weapons. We'll see if Keenan Allen PPR machine can make it back, but I don't know. It's a pretty high number here, and I think the Chiefs will win probably, you know, like seven, ten points, something like that. But I could see it, you know, kind of like a – 24, 14, 28, 20 kind of game, something like that. Transition. Not a bad under, Corb. John, what do you got? I have the under 49 and a half Bears versus the Falcons. I'm just really surprised that Chiefs, Chargers, and Bears, Falcons basically has the same line. I don't really understand that. So to me, that one was a no-brainer. Not a bad pick. I mean, both offenses are just kind of different when it compares to like the elite in the NFL. So not a bad low boy Um, for me. I'm sticking with my guns. The Titans, Derrick Henry, just continuing to run the ball, run the clock under 41 and a half versus the Packers. Uh, Aaron Jones, I think got a little banged up his last game or he's got shin splints or something. Um, Plus Aaron Rodgers did have a little bit of resurgence, but eh, whatever. Nobody cares. Um, So we're going to go with the Titans versus the pack under 41 and a half. Um, and then in a quick update, uh, we are going to end the Survivor League segment. Um, so ever since the pool died, it's kind of lacked its luster. Not as exciting. So we're going to retire that segment. Corbin's picks for last week were the Raiders over the Colts and the Titans over the Broncos. And he was one win, one loss. Um, 
way better on the bets than you are on the survivor there, Corb. Um, for myself, I had the Chiefs over the Jags and the Packers over the Cowboys, and I went 2-0. and And Tyler, maybe not good at betting, but he's good at the survivor picks. He took the Chiefs over the Jag as well, and he took the Bucks over the Seahawks. And that'll wrap it up for the Survivor League segment of the week. By Survivor League. It was fun. But if you're still in a Survivor League and you're still going, props to you because I think pretty much 50% of America got out on like the very first day. You're doing way better than us. Yep. Which moves us on to our newest segment. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail. Mail time. So John brought this idea to us. Basically, we're sending in some, uh, we have our listeners send in some questions and he asks Belly and myself to answer. It's simple as that. Point on doing this recurring. Maybe we'll get Charette back on to be the narrator once more, but without further ado, take it away. Well, Corbin, I was always a fan of Blue's Clues, so I felt like getting a little bit of audience participation might be fun. With that said, we did get a few really good questions this week, and I just want to get your guys' opinion on a few things. Might be football-related sometimes, might not be related a lot of the time. It's more just, uh, I just love to hear what you guys think. Hey, thanks, man. Such a good listener. Thanks. I went to school for it. Listening? Oh, never mind. Social work. <laughs> Anyways, so first question this week comes from a friend of ours named Brad. He wants to know what is something you really enjoy that society disapproves of? Ben, you want to take the lead? I mean, I kind of need a minute to think, actually. Okay, then. I never, some, this is like a philosophical question. Well, here. Yeah, we, we can Brad talk it out, type. though. It doesn't have to be a clear cut. That's why I think uh, next time on this, I'll send you guys a couple beforehand so you can actually think of them. No, no, I don't want oh, that. No, it's I don't, I don't impromptu. like that. I like it off the cuff, but I mean, like, okay. it, it just All goes right. to jerking off, man. <laughs> I've got one. Have you guys ever okay. used a bidet? Oh, Oh, yeah. Society does not disapprove of bidets. There's a whole country yeah, but... that would be with you in the majority. I understand. Like I... multiple continents. I understand that, but I enjoy the bidet. Yeah, we all do. Like, I, water going I, mean, up your yeah, I, mean, like... I relish in my time using a bidet. I bought one finally just a couple of months ago, got it installed, and I put on the nice warm setting, strong jet. Mm, strong jet. Yeah. And that thing cleans me up real good. It's not just for the cleaning, though. It feels nice. Oh, oh yeah. Not going to lie. Yeah. Society awesome. might disapprove of a little anus tingling, but I don't care. It feels glorious. If you haven't had a bidet, you got to try it. I don't think it's uh, uh, society. I think maybe just America might be not be down with the bidet. But, you know, I see a lot of people coming around. I'll tell you one thing. The problem with bidets, though, is I had a bidet in college. And then I didn't have a bidet after college. When you go back to paper, your your butt's not ready for it, man. You get a lot of red <laughs> in the paper. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I actually had a bidet bought for me by my lovely, darling, beautiful, amazing wife. And what happened was it was too small to put into our bathroom. So I've yet to experience the cleaning, tickling, amazing what you- uh, feeling that is the bidet. What do you mean it couldn't fit? It was 
It's the wrong size. Oh. It might be too big for the. You gotta our get bath- a new toilet. <laughs> you basically can't spread your arms out in our bathroom, so uh, oh, the, the space between the toilet small. and the wall, literally, the the bidet attachment could not fit there. I so thought I'd, you meant the bathroom yeah. was too small, or the the oh, bidet was too small, no, and no. I was like, what kind yeah, of toilet do you got? My asshole. It, <laughs> huge okay <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't most people at all. have way less asshole to ass ratio than me but <laughs> you gotta get like a fire hose sized nozzle <laughs> <laughs> for that ass that dump truck like damn this guy's real particular <laughs> all right ben you got anything for uh, something that society frowns upon i don't know corbin do you have one for me Something that I'd I mean, do. I don't know. What about when you like have people throw their heads like giraffes? Oh, into your there we go. That's a good one. <laughs> the belly Tell us bash. more, Ben. Tell us <laughs> this more. This is what I needed Corbin for. So yeah, something that society disapproves of, and probably my girlfriend too. Um, I have since retired this trick, but it's still a good one. Um, I could push my gut out really, really far. Hence the nickname Belly Smokes. And it gets like really hard. Like it turns into like a rock like surface. Corbin's done it. I've never done it to myself, but like, what's it feel like? It's like a fucking boulder. It's an impenetrable force. So anyway, I push my gut out and I tell you, you can headbutt it as hard as you can. And you got to try to send me backwards. I have been like stepped back before, but the only time I've ever truly lost was to my friend, Nick, who is about five foot four. Maybe how tall is he? I don't know. But anyway, he comes running at me. He leaves his feet and he hits me high above the gut on the ribs. <laughs> and he literally cracked a rib and I couldn't work out for like six months. <laughs> That's a great way to a neck injury. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've definitely uh, taken some people down. That's because you got to go with your forehead and everybody goes at the top of their head. That's just waiting for a spine injury. But I can't do it anymore. The rib hurt too bad. We're going to try to avoid compression fractures, but we're going to move on to the next question, okay? So, question number two. Also, from Brad. Good old Brad. Thanks for helping us out, Brad. I notice a theme theme here, yeah. In this this (laughs) week's questions. Uh, We might need to reach out to some listeners. Uh, Reach out to us on Instagram, Belly and the Fish. Send us some questions. So, question number two. If you won the Powerball for fifty million, so I don't know. After tax, you're probably looking at 35, 30 mil. It's less 25, 20 to twenty five. They take yeah. like fifty pressure, yeah. and it's so, so dumb. So about twenty twenty five million. Thanks for the quick math, there, Corb. What is the first thing you would spend it on, and why? Um. Well, in reality, if I just had access to that capital. I really would love to just buy a whole neighborhood and then just slowly have my boys move in. And then all my boys live in one neighborhood. I mean, not all at once, but you just, you buy the house, you rent it out, income property, buy the second one, income property, all not all at once. And then eventually you just got all your boys and all the money and you're just fucking partying. I think that'd be great. So you you're just the czar of the neighborhood. Lord? So, I mean, it's you want to be a slumlord? Tell no, your no, no. I would sell the house to my boys at a small profit and then I would move on. I just want a whole neighborhood of my homies. Why are you trying to take advantage of your friends? Don't you have enough of them already in debt to you? You have 25 no, I... million. You can't give the houses out. You... What? I got to give them out now. I've always said that, though, when 
I get old, just have like all the boys just get in a retirement community. And so oh, yeah. we just have like a shit ton of condos. We have a pool. And we just have crazy ass parties when we're just like 70, 80 years old. Yeah, John, you're looking at it like I'm 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 hosing my boys by doing this. I meant more or less that I would invest in real estate, build up that capital, and then I could really do whatever I wanted with residual income. Mm. Well, yeah. that's what Changing everybody the story. says. Changing the story. Okay. You want to put half a, away. You want to invest it. No, okay. I'm going straight to Tahoe. I'm going to buy a sick place there. I'm going to live out my days. I'm going to travel. I'm just going to snowboard. I'm going to go to Fiji. I'm going to travel around. I mean, if I can just blow it. I'm going all over the place, man. I'm quitting my job. Yep. I, I'm, I tend to lean toward you, Corbin. I think I would definitely just retire on the spot, find a money you manager. Retire on the spot? Fuck yeah. Realistically, you're going to want to invest half of it. At That's least. what I'm saying. I'm retiring. I'm putting $15 million into a money manager. His name is not going to be Bernie Madoff. <laughs> Ten milli, buying a house for a couple. I don't know. Do whatever, travel, and then I'm all set. I'm not gonna be another statistic, man. I'm not gonna be one of those lottery winners that just ends up broke a year later. All right. Didn't you just say? You, oh no, you said you the money manager thing. I don't think I'm gonna go balls out. I'm definitely gonna work for a little while longer while I still can. I mean, there's no reason to retire now. Get used to not having any money coming in unless you invest it wisely. But I don't know. Still keep my insurance for a little bit. I'm not jumping right off the cliff. Plus, gotta wrap up a few things at work. What if I need to come back? I mean, if you put twenty million and you invest it, and you even have like ten percent return, that's two million a year. You can't live I'm not off putting that. It all into investments. That, but I mean, after that first year, you, you're still working age. Why wouldn't you want to continue to work for a little while longer and scale it back? I'm because not saying I'm not a stupid capitalist pig, Ben. Hey. <laughs> I mean, that's the point of working is to have money so you don't have to work. If you have the money, what's the point of working? I'm just going to make. All right. You know what? You know what? I'd probably start is belly logistics and I just keep planning trips for people. You just that is a good idea. spreadsheets your whole life. Yes, he uh, does. Spreadsheets for partying is pretty fucking fun. <laughs> you were meant to be a travel agent, Bill. Can we'll start get to your that LLC later. another time, but we are going to move on to our third question. Also from Brad. <laughs> BG. What game show do you think you could dominate? Oh boy. Deal or no deal, easily. No. So Actually, why, so what let's say, okay, set the stage for us. Howie Mandel. Boom. He's there. Head shining. Briefcases all over. Models. You're not phased. Go. Hottest one. You're just picking the hottest model. <laughs> To be honest, I might have to change my mind because we used to watch Game Show Network like from noon to two. And so every single day for like a month, me and this one guy made a bet on what case, like just $5. Like we pick a case and whoever had the highest case would win the money. And I think I lost to him like 12 times in a row. So maybe not deal or no deal. <laughs> I swear it was terrible. It was the worst the streak models. ever. There was one time where... He beat me like we there was like a deal or no deal marathon and there was like five shows in a row and he beat me like the first four times. And so he picked one. I picked one. He's like, you know what, Corbin? I'll let you switch if you want to. I'm like, all right, I'll switch. And of course, I had like the million dollar case that I gave away to him. <laughs> OK, so uh, next week we're going to rethink what it means to dominate. Okay. <laughs> 
Ben, you got one for us? Um, so I'm going to answer this in two parts, even though you didn't ask for two parts. Um, dominate. I'm pretty good with words. I'm probably just going to the wheel of fortune. I normally get the clue before most people, but I'll tell you one thing. I'm not very good at that last round when you don't get more letters coming in. So I think, um, probably got a decent shot to maybe win between three people on the initial game. And I'm probably bombing the final clue. Um, but if I could be on any game show, it would definitely be survivor. I got to oh. see Jeff probes. <laughs> I forgot about Survivor. I didn't even think about it. So I, I looked up game shows just now and Family Feud would probably be the one I would be best at. And then Survivor. I've applied to be on Survivor. I just need to make like a video. Oh, I can't wait to see your video. Oh, I haven't made a video yet, but I do think that I would do good on Survivor. Emma, Emma thinks that I would get bounced right away because she thinks I would try too hard. But that's bullshit. I've um, watched enough of it to know what I'm doing. And I feel like I have a good mix of athleticism, social skills, and strategy to where I I think realistically I would get to the top five and I would get voted out as too much of a threat. I uh, I That's definitely, so I don't perfect. know how far you'd make it, but I definitely think you'd probably make it farther than me. Um, I think like at best I might make the merge. That's about <laughs> it. I talk too much. I'm going to annoy the shit out of those people with the low calorie intake. They're going to be like, that kid never shuts the fuck up. <laughs> Have you ever seen like the ninth or tenth season where that one guy just quit smokes cold turkey and he's oh, just yeah. craving six his, <laughs> his name his name was shane he was great yeah, yeah. i think he didn't have you. like a fake brick as like his blackberry is like his escape yeah yeah he had a rock <laughs> yeah and i remember and he, he went to the village for one reward and some guy had a smoke and he's like oh thank i'll God. give you my shoes for the, for the smoke <laughs> and he shows the nurse his testicle oh yeah he's like she's like you just got a rash bro yeah. <laughs> then doesn't someone get hurt and he's like, sorry, I don't have any pants on. Nurse said I gotta keep it dry. Yep. That's right. <laughs> All right, we're gonna cut that last 40 seconds. <laughs> no, we're not. That's Survivor's standing. the best. No, nah, I pick Survivor, you're right. Okay. Well, that's gonna wrap it up this week for mail time. We're gonna be back next time with some more questions. So make sure you send them in to us. All right. That was a good one. Thanks, Brad. Yeah. Thanks, thanks to John and Brad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move it on over to the bowels of the belly. What you got for us, Ben? I don't know if this one's going to be that funny. This one's going to be more about me just bitching about my Monday. Um, I work I work decently long hours, about like nine, nine hours a day. Um, I get a lunch break in there, so I really relish the lunch break and just really enjoy it. Um, so today uh, I'm going on a trip pretty soon, so I had to get some errands done. Um, I had three things on my docket. I had to get a haircut, eat some food and go withdraw some money. Cause I need a new furnace thing broke, whatever sucks. Got to do it. So first thing I do, I go to, um, chase bank to withdraw a large sum of money and they got to whip out like the big counter or whatever. And sure enough, there's like 200 bucks to go and the machine just breaks. And I'm like, Oh, this is a hot start to my Monday. They got to call over like three separate people to get this thing unjammed. A line's forming behind me. I got like six people and then um, they finally get it like unjammed. And then um, they're like, all right, let's count it. So they go to count the money and they put it in there and it just breaks on the second bill. And so then they got to bring someone over to open that up. So I'm like, this day is just not going good at all. I'm going to go get some food. I haven't had five guys in a while. I see some five guys. I'm like, I'm going to go get me some fries. Um, I walk in, I order my sandwich thinking it's going to be in and out in like 10 minutes. And uh, they're just taking their sweet time. 
Um, there's this little girl just literally just shoving her hands in the peanuts and saying, look, dad, her dad's like, honey, stop playing with the peanuts. And so I'm just even <laughs> more frustrated. And so um, finally, after like 20 minutes to get my sandwich, I eat it a little happy. I'm like, all right, I'm going to knock this haircut out and I'm going to get back to work. So I'm getting my haircut. Um, and sometimes it, I always get great clips. It always grows in the same. I don't care. So you either get two types of cutters at great clips. You either get the girl that's going to just cruise right through it in like eight minutes that like she knows what she's doing, or you get the nitpicker. And I got the nitpicker. He's like, he's cutting like every hair in a singular fashion. It took him so long. And he finally gets down to my sideburns and he's like, Hey, do you want me to shorten them up? I'm like, yeah. So the haircut goes on. I pay. I'm, I'm going back to the office. I look in the mirror. This dude forgot one of my sideburns. I just had one Mungo Jerry hanging down the right cheek and the left cheek just clean as can be. I look like an absolute dweeb. My boss called me out. He's like, what's going on there? I'm like, what do you mean? I got a haircut. He goes, well, I think they missed. <laughs> so I'm just looking like an absolute dweeb. And then I just cranked out work, got ready for Belly and the Fish, and was ready for this day to be done. <laughs> yeah, your haircut does look like shit, not going to lie. Thanks, man. I He started doing stuff that I've never seen anybody do before, but I wasn't going to tell him to stop. Whatever. We'll fix it. I feel time. like that. I like it when they take longer because I feel like they're doing a better job. I stopped you, going to like great clips and sports yeah, dude, clips. That's years what ago. happens when you go to great clips. Go I mean, to I'm not mad about it. It's going to grow in the same like it always does. The guy was doing great, fun conversation. He just missed the whole part of my face. Ben, I think you need to invest more in yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, that was the plan, and it got shot down by you. How? <laughs> because <laughs> he's going to win the lottery and spend it all. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and what do you mean you work decently long hours? Eight hours? Nine hours, you say, with a you lunch break? That's I work eight. 40 hours a week. Decently long. I work 7.30 <laughs> to 5 p.m. today. Eat my dick. I'm slaving away there. Eight, eight, 7.30 to 5 p.m. is decently long. You taking a day yeah. off this week? Uh, Yeah. I'm okay, <laughs> there it is. I'm leaving early Wednesday, <laughs> and I'm going to golf the day after that and golf the day after that. Oh, must be so tough. hard. Yeah, poor it's ben. called using your vacation time. I don't know why I'm being needled for being efficient. And why do you need that much cash, anyways? I never carry cash anymore. I told yeah, you, my let's let's girl. really break this uh, down, Ben. I told you, my and why do you got to eat at lunch? Story. By the way, what are you <laughs> doing eating? What are you doing? Yeah, eating? is that a fat joke? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what he was getting at. Um, you should I be using you your time more efficiently. That's yeah, right. I had I one hour and it that. took an hour and 20. I wasn't efficient today. It fucking sucked. All right. Well, we're going to use our time a little more efficiently right now. I think we should go to how bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. What you got for me, Belly? Well, you know what, John? Since you're doing so good today, why don't you do the how bad do you want it? Okay. Well, uh, anyone here from Wisconsin? Because uh, I got a question for you. If I were to tell you that uh, all you would have to do is be publicly outed as a necrophiliac, for the Lions to win a Super Bowl. How bad do you want it? <laughs> now, let me clarify a couple of things here. You do not have to actually engage in any illegal sexual acts with any dead bodies. But you would be publicly henceforth known, and this was inspired by the, the Jeffrey Dahmer series, as a <laughs> necrophiliac. You don't have to spend any time in jail, but there will be news articles written about it. Bonus... 
you are able to be on the sideline of the Lions winning the Super Bowl if you suck one dead toe. Oh, I bet you, you want a Corb. I was going to say dead dick. <laughs> I did too, actually. <laughs> nah, man. One dead toe. <laughs> First, let me just get this out of the way. How many days perished is this person whose toe I have to suck? Uh, hmm. Go with the bloating phase. I think I'd that's say, like three days. I'd say let's, I don't know. They've been in a freezer for like two weeks. Oh, no, know? no, Real no. Make it fresh. Style. Is my tongue going to stick to the toe? <laughs> well, they've been in a freezer, so. Yeah. No, no. It, it's not a metal pole. You're getting too bogged down, Corbin. Okay. Quick little suckle. So, like, like a, one second, just put my mouth on it and pull off? Like, you got to give it like a, mm, mm. You know, you got to do Two one pumps. Tongue, okay, fuck. Or and a tongue that makes a difference. Around. Your tongue must touch the tongue. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's acceptable. Um. Now, but that's just the bonus that gets you on the sidelines. We're yes, we're talking I know. real. The the real meat of the deal here, if you will. So I, I understand. Can I convince people that I'm not fucking dead bodies? You're welcome to run any PR campaigns you want after the fact, but it will come out publicly and not, uh, you know, as like, oh, we think maybe it's like, yo, this dude did this. And live from Channel 5. Hi, I'm Corbin and I do not fuck dead bodies. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome to do that. Could I sue the news company and make them retract it? No. No? That's Why? not how it's this works. False. You're getting too fucking bogged down All in right, the details. Here, I'll get I'll get off yeah. that part. So I could convince my loved ones like, no, this is a bullshit article. Like I said, you could try your damnedest, but it might you're not. Welcome to try your hardest. Everybody's open to their beliefs. Emma is going to op- wake up one day, read the New York Times. Corbin, New Dahmer, New Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> Without okay. the killing and stuff, but you know, Corbin, yeah. New Dahmer. So That's it's front page New York Times. It's it's big news. Oh my! It's... Who's reading the news anyways? Like, does every single person okay. in the U.S. know Fox News, CNN, and the BBC? Anyone got it who would find out about a person being a necrophiliac is gonna know. You're gonna definitely be on the local news, probably M Live, probably Detroit Free Press. You know, it's gonna be a story. So I'm like a like a sex offender times ten, basically. Yeah. You all of America would know. Can't I just suck the toe and sit on the sideline? No, hey. <laughs> no, dude. Take the owl, dude. Okay, actually, here. No, uh, no, no, John, 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 no, no, don't no, don't no. you give this up. I'm gonna this this is actually an interesting one, Ben. Would you suck a toe for the Lions to lose if it meant you got to be on the sideline too? Either way, you're taking an L on this. What? They're in the Super Bowl? They're in the Super Bowl, but you have to suck a dead toe, dude, and like decaying. But they get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, then I would do that. But but they lose the game? But they lose. They're going to lose, and you know they're going to lose. That's... At least I know we made the Super Bowl. So you're not willing to go the extra mile and just sacrifice your public image for the win? I mean, the only thing that scares me is if literally everybody disowns me. Like, can I change my name and just like shave my head and 
I'm not putting any limitations on what you do after this whole thing happens. I don't think you're allowed to change your name when you're on that list, bud. <laughs> Fuck, really? I didn't know that. I guess that makes sense. My I don't know for Corbin Colwerda. <laughs> Corbin Colwerda? Yeah, Corbin's probably not a great name for necrophilia. <laughs> I mean, if I could get him to retract it because it's not true, that's a different story. You can attempt. I'm not making any guarantees. This is officially the longest runtime. Yeah, it's tough. Jesus Christ, Corbin. I almost think I would roll the dice and try no, and wouldn't. Oh, yeah, who's I your would... dad? My dad's just the guy who fucks dead bodies. Allegedly. So we're going, we're gonna say yeah. We're taking the dub. And are we doing oh, the extra toe suck? I'd suck the toe, but I'll take the loss. I don't think that I could do it. It's too All much right, fucking so work. So still a loss on the week, but we got a toe suck just to be on the sideline. Yeah, I, I think would you got a foot fetish, toe. John. <laughs> I'm not the one sucking toes here, but I won't say I never have. Anyways, let's move on. (laughs) Move on to what? That's going to do it for this week's episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Had a good time having John on, as always. Please, if you're a new listener, like, subscribe, follow, download on any major podcast platforms that you listen to us on. Don't forget to leave us a review and five stars. Follow me on Twitter at LightCorbyashi. We got the belly and the fish. Instagram and Twitter accounts going too. So if you've got any ideas for an episode, segments, whatever it might be, feel free to text me, DM me, let me know. Input's always appreciated, but please continue to spread the word. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, and anyone and everyone you can think about. We appreciate the love and support, guys. Yeah, big thanks to John for coming on. And also huge thanks to Brad. Um, Listen, we're working for you, so just tell us what you want to hear, and we're more than happy to provide you that content. Thank you again. Tell your friends. Can't wait to see you next week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Looking forward to coming back next time. All right, and with that said...